Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the journey that you have us on. God, it's a journey of faith. It's a journey to go deeper in you. God, let us hear something today that we can apply in our lives. Let us um, be able to faithfully follow you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm Pastor Joshua. This is Pastor Corinne. We're the lead pastors here at Hope United. And if it's your first time, we're so delighted that you're with us. Uh, You can scan the QR code behind us and connect with us. We'd love to connect with you. There's something so powerful and enriching about going on a faith journey with other people that believe and are excited about walking out things in God. Amen? Well, over the last few weeks, we have been talking about increased capacity. You've probably heard this phrase. And it's the theme that God gave us for the year to say he wants to do so much more in our lives. He wants to do so much more in our families and in what he's called us to do this year. But for us to do that, he has to increase our ability to steward. He has to increase our ability to be able to hold and contain what he is pouring into us. So hence this season of stretching and growing and increasing in capacity. So I'm so happy as we wrap this series up to have Pastor Corinne up here uh, talking about this topic. It's not the sound people. That was all me. Um, I turned myself off. So I'm so grateful to be here. I am so thankful for this theme that God has given us for this year. And I feel like for many of us, we've hit the ground running with this um, for 2024. And one of the things that has really stood out to me, and I know we're going to recap the um, scripture, but with what we've seen with the the nets, and, and I mentioned it a little bit this morning about how we have to be empty. We have to, in order for us to increase our capacity, we've got to let go. We've got to have empty nets so we can receive all this great stuff that God is wanting to give us. And so I, I want to encourage us today to really, really get this because there's so much of this year left and so much that God wants to do. And it's important that we have completely opened ourselves up to saying, God, do what you need to do to have me completely prepared for the increase that's coming. Wow, that's so good. I love that. We have to really empty ourselves of what was going in the previous season yeah. of our life so we can say, God, I'm ready for the news. So the right. nets are, are empty and the netty, nets are ready for what God wants to do. Um, when we started this journey, we started talking uh, about the story when Jesus first, um, the first miraculous catch of fish, right? And so you have the disciples. They're not even the disciples yet. They're standing on the beach, right? You got... You got Peter, you got James, and you got John, and you got uh, this miraculous catch of fish that happens, and that's where we started the, the, the journey. But today I want to talk about another miraculous catch of fish. It's not at the beginning of the disciples' journey with Jesus, but actually the end of their journey with Jesus' earthly ministry. And so I want for Pastor Corinne to read it. It's coming right out of John 21, 1. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happens. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, 
the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciples, then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire, and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. You know, at this point, the disciples had gone on this journey with Jesus, a journey that was full of life and power and miracles, but also there was some heartache, there was some grief and fear at times. But it brought them to a place where they had grown, right? They had increased in who they were as people. They had increased their capacity. And when Jesus first found them, they were just simple fishermen, but now they had been trained and equipped to be world-changing leaders. Mm -hmm. Their capacity had to increase so that they could carry the message of Jesus. Sometimes, I think, when we're going through it, we don't realize God is stretching us and growing us. We're so focused on the pain of the moment. We're so focused on the discomfort of the moment. We don't realize that God is in it helping us grow. God is in the stretching. God is in those difficult moments. So we don't realize we've grown until we look back and see everything God has brought us through. No, God doesn't cause the negative things to happen in our life, but God will use them, right? Because God turns what the enemy intended for evil, and he turns it for your good. So that means that God is actively using the negative things in your life to make them a positive learning experience. So the disciples, they're grieving. They just lost their Messiah, their leader, their friend. um, And they're trying to find answers, right? And so they go back out fishing. But they don't realize that their their capacity has grown. And I want you to know that when you go through difficult seasons, if you'll continue to keep your eyes on Jesus, your capacity will grow. I think something that stood out to me about that whole reading was what happened when Peter went and put his cloak on. I thought to myself, what, what's such a, why was that so important to include it in the whole thing? And one of the things that, that I thought of is like he went to go clothe himself properly because he realized what was going on. And I said to myself, well, how about us, you know, when we're in the midst of a trial or something that's going on, you know, we've talked about a garment of praise and that sort of thing. How can we equip ourselves in those moments and recognize what's happening, that God is in our midst and he's still doing something to say, I'm going to properly clothe myself. I'm going to put on a garment of praise. I'm going to make sure that I am in the proper position and the proper alignment for this overflow that God is about to do. You know, it's important. Sometimes we get 
too casual. You know, we get too familiar with what God is doing, and it's important that we recognize who is working for us and who is moving on our behalf. I was listening to the, the story of the feast that Jesus told, right? And he was saying, go out into the highways and the hedges and, and compel them to come in. But then he found one guy. He wasn't dressed right for the wedding feast. Mm-hmm. And he says, throw this guy out of here. Yeah. And you kind of think, wow, that's kind of odd part of the story. But I think it's important what we clothe ourselves yes, with. Because we can miss out on the feast that God is setting before us. Right. Because we choose to clothe ourselves with the garments of the past. Yes. We, we allow ourselves to continue into the new season with the garment of pain mm-hmm. instead of the garment of joy, instead of yes. mourning. And yes. so God wants to reclothe us. He wants to give us new, right. something new to wear, a new way to walk. So I, I'm just thinking about Peter in the story. He He's going through this grief. The disciples are going through the grief of Jesus dying on the cross, and he hasn't risen yet. And so um, they're trying to figure things out, yeah. or that they, they don't know that he's risen yet. And they say, I'm going to go fishing, and the disciples say, I'll come with you too. They're like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure this out. Let me go back to what I remember, back to what I know. But they don't realize that their capacity has grown. Their capacity has increased since the last time they went fishing. And it starts off the same. They're struggling through the night. They haven't caught anything. But I want to tell you this, and we're going to see this throughout the story, is that when God increases your capacity, the struggle becomes easier and the blessing becomes greater. Yes. When God increases your capacity, the struggle becomes easier and the blessing becomes greater. They didn't catch anything, but the struggle wasn't the same as before. And Jesus said, throw out your nets on the other side. And the miracle starts to happen, but this time the nets don't break. Mm -hmm. It says the nets don't break. because Why? Because their capacity has changed. If you remember the first time when Jesus met, the nets were breaking when the blessing came. But this time the blessing was still overwhelming, but the nets didn't break. The process that God is taking you through right now is strengthening you and increasing your capacity. Amen. I have a scripture for this, and some of you may have heard it. It's Romans 5, 3 through 5. And it says, but that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop us in patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character, and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. How hopeful is that? That when we have these challenges that God is saying, I'm going to build you in those moments. Of course, in the moment, it always feels like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Does it have to be this way? Even Jesus said, let this pass, let this cup pass from me, right? But there's something so beautiful on the other side of the pressing. And I know for certain things that we've gone through in our life that the things that I really didn't want to be in the most, that I said if there was any way I could escape this, I would have brought us to a place of being able to minister to people in a greater way because it's given us understanding. It's given us a greater capacity to minister. 
And I believe everything in God is a win-win. It's never like a lose-win where, you know, the kingdom wins and you lose. That doesn't work that way with him. He always builds you up. He always uh, sets you up for the next thing. And so it's important that we don't lose heart, like the song was saying. We don't lose heart, but we remember that because God is for us, he's working all things together for us. Something I love so much that you're pointing out in Romans is that it's not a fantasy. Right. You know, I, I think sometimes when we're not grounded in a community of faith, we can get, get out on our own. Mm-hmm. And then the enemy tries to slip in and tell yes. us, oh, what you've been believing is just a fantasy. I don't know about you, but sometimes the enemy has tried to come and, and tell me, oh, what you're believing, what you're standing on is a fantasy or you, you misunderstood what the word of God said. But the thing is, the word of God is true. It never returns yes. void. It always delivers. It always comes through with what, what whatever God says, it's going to happen. But being in a community where people remind you is so important because yes. otherwise you can start to think the enemy will slip in and tell you, that's just a fantasy, mm-hmm. you know, but the truth is faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Sometimes yeah. you just need to be reminded of that. Right. Now, there's something in the story that's really powerful that happens after the miracle. It says Peter jumps in the water and he chases after Jesus, right? He sees Jesus. He makes a beeline for the shore. And, you know, this morning, just this morning, I was thinking about the scripture and it says about 100 yards. So out, you're thinking he just kind of jumps in and he's a football field, guys. Jesus, uh, Peter, Peter gets out of the boat and uh, he, he traverses a, a football field, right? He's going through the water. But he jumps right in and he goes directly to Jesus. And something that's very important that we get here is that to get to Jesus, Peter has to jump in the water and go through the water swim through the water, walk through the water. And the biblical symbolism here about water, it's a parallel for people. In this place of increased capacity, if we want to get closer to Jesus, we have to jump in with people. Yes, yes. And, and this, is, this is so important. There's something about serving and loving people that gets you closer to God. There's something about showing compassion for your fellow man and seeing how you can help elevate them that will get you closer to God. In the book of James, it says that faith without works is, is dead. So it's these works towards others that shows that our faith is real. So to get closer to Jesus, I'm having to jump in with people. Yeah. Peter had to jump in the water and go through the water to get closer to Jesus. Did he have a relationship with Jesus already? Yes. But to get closer to Jesus... He had to go through the water. I love that. And just continuing in that same scripture I just read, it goes uh, Romans 5, 6. The continuation of that, after he says that he increases us, right, in all these areas of character. For when the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak and powerless to save themselves. Now... Would anyone dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? We, cu- we can all understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person, but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place when we were still lost and ungodly. 
And I think he's making this point of that he would he went the distance for us. And in turn, he's asked us to do the same for those around us. And I think a lot of times people can be misled when they chase God and the blessings of God and being in right standing with God, but then don't work to build his people, build his house, be compassionate with those around them. You become very spiritually selfish, which is why we do our best here to always point it back to you're blessed to be a blessing to those around you, not just to receive, but to be a giver. The greatest of these is a servant. So whenever we do what we do, we remember, you know, we need to be putting our lives on the altar to be helping those around us. Increase my capacity, Lord, so that I might help somebody else come up as well. You know, if the symbolism wasn't enough, you know, after the disciples get to the beach and they start having breakfast together, after the breakfast, Jesus talks to Peter about people. In John 21, 15, we see this conversation. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Talking about the disciples. Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Then Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Jesus went out of his way three times to communicate this message to Peter, who would be the leader of these men, these disciples that he would leave behind. Look, take care of people. Take care of my sheep. Um, And he's telling Peter, if you truly love me, care for my people. Right? He just traversed through the water. He had to go through the water. He had to go through the people closer to Jesus. Jesus said, now if you really love me, take care of my people. If we truly love Jesus, we must care about one another. If we truly love Jesus, we must help elevate one another. If you love me, feed my sheep. And Jesus asked this three times, which really drives the point home and also speaks to the three denials that Peter had. So part of Peter's restoration process was three times saying, Jesus, I love you. He went from denying to saying, Jesus, I love you. And Jesus connected the love with the people. Our love for Jesus can never be disconnected from our concern for people. I think that's proven in 1 Corinthians 13, where he talks about all the things that you could do, all the things that could make you so great. But if you don't have love, if you're not able to love your neighbor, if you're not able to just be kind to the people around you, then what is it all worth? You know, the... If God truly is love, which he is, and he wants us to follow in his footsteps, then, you know, it's important for us to remember if we don't lead with love, what are we, we, as they say, we've lost the plot. If we don't have love in our hearts, if we can't view people and see that there's a hurting world and that we're through Jesus, a solution to these issues, we're here to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to help others. 
Um, whenever we get to a place where we start feeling like, you know, I just got to take care of me and mine, that's a dangerous place to be. Because God is about helping all people. God is about reaching to mankind. God is about wanting us to continue to expand and forward his kingdom. And the way that we do that is with our love, with these conversations, with encouraging people with our testimony. You know, that's how they're going to overcome. By hearing your story, hearing how God has come through for you. When they're discouraged saying, let me tell you about when God did this for me. When I was in your place or when I was struggling with other things. Never underestimate the power of your testimony. You don't have to have a huge title in front of your name. You don't have to be up here to be able to bring somebody to Christ, to be able to bring somebody hope. We are, I know this might be controversial for some, we're hope dealers. Like we have the message of hope within us, and we should be everywhere we go trying to spread hope, spread life, spread joy, because we know him. So it should just want to bubble up and overflow outside of us. I think this is a big thing that I want to make sure that that we leave this series with is that God wants to increase our capacity, but there's purpose behind it. God wants to bless you and your family and your household, but there's purpose behind it. God wants to increase your relationship with him, but there's purpose behind that as well. Jesus wants to increase your capacity, not just so that we can be blessed and have a closer walk with him, but also that we can be a blessing to others. God wants to increase your capacity for the sake of the kingdom. God wants to know if he can trust you. Jesus oftentimes tests people's inner motives with statements like, if you love me, obey my commands. Or if you love me, feed my sheep. Or they'll know that you're my disciples when you display love for one another. So God is increasing our capacity to love, to be blessed financially to be better representatives of him in many other areas, but it's for the purpose of blessing others. And this season, we're deciding if we're saying yes to increasing capacity. God wants to increase you. God wants to increase all of us. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to be stretched? Are you ready to grow? Are you ready to go through seasons sometimes of discomfort? Because God wants to use you to a greater capacity. Let's pray together. God, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this house, what you're doing in our lives, God, our families. And Lord, today we surrender our hearts to you and ask you, God, if there's anything that has limited us, whether it be in our thinking, God, in our hearts, Lord, from having a greater capacity, anything that is hindering us from being the open vessels, the open nets that we need to be for you to fill us to a greater place, God. We just give it to you. We ask you, Lord, to remove any obstacles. We ask you, God, to change our hearts. Lord, before we begin looking outward, we ask you to change us. Help us to be the vessels that you need, Lord, to to flow through. The vessels that we need, God, to be able to receive what you're wanting to impart into each and every one of us, God. I thank you, Lord, for renewing our minds. I thank you, God, for helping us to have the eyes of Jesus, that when we look at people around us, Lord, we see through eyes of compassion, eyes of of love, God. And I thank you, Lord, that we would have a willing heart. We say yes to you. We want to obey your commands. We want to be the people that 
say yes when you call us, God. So we open our ears, we open our eyes, God. We have open hands and we have feet that are ready to go. And God, we thank you, Lord, for continuing to increase us as you see fit so that we can go forward, Lord, in the purposes that you have for us this year so we can be a blessing to the world around us, God. We thank you, Lord, for the word that you're speaking through us to us, God, and for your growth in Jesus' name. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you say, Pastor, um, my life isn't where it needs to be with Jesus. I feel like I've just somehow got disconnected in my relationship, but I know I need to reconnect with him. Um, if that's you, I want to pray for you. Or maybe you say, Pastor, you know, I feel like I've never really had that relationship where I've said yes to him and I feel like he's walked with me. I feel like I need that. If either of those are you, I, I, I want to pray for you today. If you'll just slip your hand up, I want to pray that God will do that for you. Amen. Amen. There's something about saying yes to Jesus. If you slip up your hand, um, or if you agree with this, you can pray this prayer with us. Jesus, thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for giving me a second chance. I'm sorry for the times I failed. I'm sorry for the times I've sinned. Give me a second chance. Apply your perfect work on the cross to my life. Thank you for your free gift of forgiveness, of salvation, of reconnecting me with the Father. I want to walk with you. I want to have a relationship with you. Jesus, guide me. Lead me. Give me strength to live a life like you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. And I want to tell you this today to encourage you. If God is for you, who can be against you? And if Jesus is in your corner, you will be undefeated. Thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, if God is with you, you will be undefeated.